Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything, number 244. On today's show, we are going to talk about college football week nine. We're going to do our recap. We're going to give our playoff predictions. We're going to give our uh, Winning Cures Everything top ten. And that'll be it for today's show. Uh, at the end of the week, we're going to have a whole bunch more stuff. So, let's... Uh, Let's jump into that. First off, the show is brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. You can find more information on all six of their sports books over at tunicatravel.com. Uh, I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. You can follow us on Twitter at Winning Cures. You can follow us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Winning Cures Everything. And on Twitter, if you want to follow us personally, I'm at Gary WCE. And I'm at Chris B. Giannini. Let's quit wasting your time. Let's go on and jump into this thing. The Winning Cures Everything College Football Recap for week number nine. It's brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. You can go and wager and watch on games at any of their six sports books, the Horseshoe, Gold Strike, Samstown, Hollywood, First Jackpot, and the sports book at the Fitz Casino. You can find more information on that over at tunicatravel.com. You can also get a whole bunch of stuff over at winningcureseverything.com. Follow us on social media. Follow us everywhere. Hit subscribe on the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and help us out. Let's go on and jump in. Week 9, the biggest game of the weekend, Georgia-Florida. Did you watch the game? I did watch this game. Now, at what point did you actually turn it off? Um, Or did you ever turn it off? No, I think I made it all the way through. Now, I was going back and forth at the 2.30 time. There were four games that mattered to me at 2.30. Um and and so I was going back and forth quite a bit. Now, but I was I, here. I'll tell you this: I, I don't know what you're going to break down and what you're going to give me, but hey, they ran the football. They did run the football. They did run the football. Uh, it's one of the things that are brought up about it. Uh, I did go back and forth a lot between that and Penn State, Iowa, uh, Kentucky, Missouri was a three o'clock game. That was a good game. That was a fun game. Which one, Kentucky, Missouri? Kentucky, Missouri. That was a lot of fun. We'll get to that one in a minute. But uh, low scoring, but, but SEC football, man. It, 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 it real legit SEC football, and not what you would expect from like Missouri, right? But either way, uh, Georgia thirty six, Florida seventeen. I turned it off when it got to be twenty nine to seventeen, and I realized that Florida had no chance no, at winning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I liked. I okay, but see, this is where we're different. I kind of like watching Mullins just twist in the wind. Uh. When there's so much more football on, I've got better things to do. Maybe, maybe you know, like yeah. I, I look. He first year coach. I understand it's going to be a little bit before Florida is. Uh, at, but it, it's it's interesting to see that he's already got them there, right? Like they're okay. they're really close. Uh, Jake Fromm, seventeen to twenty four, two hundred forty yards, three touchdowns. So for all the people that have been talking about Justin Fields, back up off that a little bit. Pump the brakes. Georgia, 429 total yards of offense. Florida had 275. Swift and Holyfield combined for 32 carries, 175 yards, and one touchdown. They ran the football all over Florida. They got some uh, some costly turnovers from Felipe Franks and that bunch. Georgia looks good. They are good. They are good. It's almost exactly like last season, right, where they go into Auburn, they get hammered, they come back out. I, they're fired up. I stand. I stand behind my statement that Kirby Smart cannot go on the road in a hostile environment. Well, I mean, he went to South Carolina, but that one that, got that, that one got not hostile very quickly. That's yeah, that. I don't you know, know that that was a real hostile environment. Oh, that's don't don't tell South Carolina fans. I, that. I know they are. How about this? A hostile think, environment against a, a really good team. 
Maybe maybe you're right. Okay, well, yeah, that's part of it. I mean, how hostile are bad teams? I mean, Tennessee, when they're in the heyday, that's Look, a tough I, place to go play. But right now, anybody right can now, go yeah. there. Right now, not so much. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that, that, this game in and of itself was interesting and impressive. It was really impressive for Georgia. Now, I know we got a lot of games to get to. Let me ask you this. Before the game, both Kirby and Dan made comments that they would like to see the cocktail party disband it and then just start playing home and home like everybody else. They've talked about that a lot. Uh, Steve Spurrier talked about it quite a bit. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. Why do you think they play the neutral site game? Why won't they? Because that's a lot of revenue for those schools that they're losing. Uh, no, not so much. You don't think they, getting the a home game every other game? The reason why teams do the neutral site games is because you have sponsors that that want it in that stadium. The city pays a little bit of it. You make more money doing that than, than every do. other year playing it at home. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's. I know it sounds so. Goofy. Coaches want it because they want a home field advantage every other year. Yes, and they're willing to give up home field advantage every other year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I if you. I was Florida, I would never want to do that. Oh, Florida would be dumb to want it, and the state of Florida would be dumb to want it because they yeah. still get a crap load of revenue at the state. Yep. And Georgia school gets more money, but they don't. It, but the state doesn't help anything else. Yeah. Uh, let's move on from that. Let's talk about Washington State 41, Stanford 38. Man. Stanford led 28-17 to 17 at the half. Gardner Minshew 40 out of 50 for 430 yards, uh, three touchdowns, game-winning field goal with 19 seconds left. Washington State's remaining schedule, home against Cal, at Colorado, home against Arizona, and then the Apple Cup. Home against Washington. I was about to say, and that's at home too. Yeah. They were looks... on the road so much to start the season they get to finish this thing off a lot of home games. Yeah, whole lot of home games. Uh, three out of the last four, and then Pac-12 North. Like it, at this point, Washington has lost three games. Correct. Washington State. If Washington loses, say to Stanford, Washington State could lose that game and still go still to the Pac-12. Still championship. go to the Pac-12 championship. No, they right. wouldn't have a shot at the playoff at that point. But you know, right now if, they've got a shot. If if they went out, I'm I really am hoping for all kind of chaos, just because I want to see a world where Leach gets in. I I think there should be a rule where if if he's like, if there's even a chance, you have to put him in just for the entertainment. Value. You you say it all the time. It's a TV show. It's a TV show. Yeah. There is no greater character than him to have in this TV show. I agree. That's that's just the truth of it. That, I and they to... should be undefeated. This yeah. is literally the Pac-12 bet on the wrong horse. Yeah. The Pac-12 officials said, we really need to help USC out. Let's, yeah. Let's, let's give them a call here. And... That has not they worked helped, out in their favor. They backed the wrong horse. They most certainly did. Let's uh, let's jump off that. Let's talk about Penn State 30, Iowa 24. Now, did you watch this? I watched some, but not as much. Okay, so with about four minutes left, there's a first and goal at the Penn State 3 for Iowa, and they are down 30 to 24. They score a touchdown. They kick the extra point. They got the lead, right? Now, Oh, you're talking about the end of the game. This is no, the no, end of the I game. I was watching a lot at the end. I was watching this a lot is, the end. This is the end of the game. Um, Nate Stanley hurt his throwing hand at some point. His thumb was all screwed up. 18 out of 49 for him, 205 yards, no touchdowns, two picks. One of those picks, they rushed the play on that first and goal. They had a timeout in their back – well, they had multiple timeouts in their back pocket that they should have absolutely used. 
the crowd was loud enough that Noah Fant could not hear them changing the play. And he doesn't move when the ball snapped. And Nate Stanley throws to him anyway. He doesn't, and it's it's one of those quick time plays where you just throw the ball and the guy should be there. It looks like the pick play. Oh, my God. It looks God. like the other two receivers are setting the pick. They're blocking already before the ball gets there. Yeah. And he just never turns around. Never turned around. Ball went straight to the Penn State uh, defensive back. Gone. Uh, well, and he, he should have been. Had he not fallen down, yeah. he was absolutely gone. Um, but man, like that was just a killer play. One, I had Iowa plus five and a half. All I needed there was a field goal, you know, and, and with four minutes left, like God, if they don't get in the end zone, they're kicking the field goal. Cause that's what Kirk Ferentz does. But man, I, look, Iowa was somewhat impressive in this game, even with Nate Stanley having problems, uh, defense looked pretty good. They held Trace McSorley down. McSorley was injured for a little bit. Now, he didn't look great uh, all game, but I think Iowa's defense had a lot to do with that. I agree with that. Um, but Wisconsin going down, like, Iowa still got a chance to win the uh, the Big 12. Uh, not Big 12. Uh, Big 10 uh, uh, West. Correct. So, in the grand scheme of things, like, this could have been a leg up, but, I mean, it doesn't kill you. I don't think Iowa was going to get in the playoff anyway. But, uh, but Penn State, I mean, good home win. Definitely a good home win. Oh, no. Any, anytime you beat one of those bigger teams. And I think I was one of those bigger teams. I think they're a good team, and I think that's a big deal for Franklin and, and the guys at Penn State. I can't figure out what Penn State is. Like I, I just, I don't think Penn State knows what they're – they don't every, have an identity. Yeah, every week I'm trying to figure out are they good, are they not? Can they compete in this league week in and week out? Is it that they just make bonehead plays to give games away? Because they're not getting blown out in any of these games. No. But but they've dropped a lot of games, and I just can't figure out, are these just mistakes that kids are going to make, and this is part of college football? Are they not well coached? Are they not prepared? Like, I don't, I don't know what Penn State is. And it's really frustrating to watch them play, by the way. I'm curious what they're going to be without McSorley next year. I mean, because he is everything for that team. I mean, he just eats. I mean, we trust. Everything. We got to trust Franklin's going to have somebody behind him because he's always done it. Yeah, but Franklin hasn't been anywhere long enough to, you know. I mean, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I he's just been assume, there for a long time. I just but assume if you can win at a high level at Vanderbilt, you can kind of do anything. You would think so. Uh, Maybe I'm giving him way too much credit for that, but well, no, I think I saw I think what he did at Vandy, and I thought. Maybe that he guy set- probably should be coaching on Sundays because this is a garbage program. Well, but I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that the SEC East was so down. Yeah. Florida was terrible. Tennessee was terrible. Uh, Kentucky, of course, was Kentucky. Like, there there just wasn't a whole lot of competition. Like, the wins that they got at Vanderbilt, one, you, you're never really supposed to beat anybody when you're at Correct. Vanderbilt. Oh, the expectation is low. But, you know, getting a win over – like just a, a downtrodden Georgia team getting a win over, you know, a not very good Florida team, a not very good Tennessee team, it doesn't do a whole lot for me. Okay. You know, so when you it, when you look at it as, man, he took Vanderbilt to nine wins, like twice. Hey, I'm about to like say, that's a twice, big deal. That's a kind of a big deal. But at the same time, when you look at what the competition was, eh, you know. Okay. Um, so I, I'm curious to see what he does without Sor- or McSorley. And then we'll just go from there. I think he he might be um, a victim of like his own expectations. 
Probably. Because well, no, I can he, see that. He has set the bar so high. No, I think the bar in Penn State is is ten wins. I mean, I, I it, think yeah. I think that's it. It is now. They're a double digit win program, and if he's not there, it's going to be tough. So yeah, it it could be tough the next few years. I'm I'm curious. I'm very curious. Oklahoma State thirty eight, Texas thirty five. Gundy. We didn't, we didn't talk about this in the uh, in the preview. We didn't. And we we had some people call us out on got YouTube. Little, got a little Look, for Oklahoma it. State was kind of. Yeah, I mean, when you score twelve points against this Kansas State team, not you kind of give up the right to be talked about in a in a big game preview. I'll tell you this: um, I, I was so disappointed in Gundy this whole year because he's kind of just been blah. And listen, you you can't look like that and be blah. You gotta you gotta be the goofball that you are. Yeah. And as soon as he won, man, he he turned it right back on yeah he did like it was nothing yeah, he, he was did. leaning back in the press conference and he was asking answering questions with just all the confidence in the world he didn't care it was just <laughs> it was just unbelievable oklahoma state did lead uh 31 to 14 at the half it was 17 to 7 after the first quarter oklahoma state had 270 yards after that first quarter they just came out on fire uh let's talk about tom herman and mike Gan- uh mike gundy okay they they nearly fought at the end <laughs> Uh, it, Herman, it, Herman, Herman got a little butt hurt there. I think that's exactly what it was. Had his um, feelings hurt. Didn't like losing. But these these games are so emotional, and and there's so much tension involved because like for Texas, this was you win this game, you got a shot to go to the college football playoff. Like Oklahoma State's playing with house money. Like it doesn't matter. They can just throw anything out there, and they've already lost three games. It doesn't. Correct. Who cares? Um, at what point? Are we going to actually see coaches fight because emotions run that high? I, I think it's, it's, it's almost happened several times. I this think year. it's all really hard because there's so many people between them and 50 yards. Yeah, That's, like like if they were college basketball and you just pretty much had you know a, a TV bench and, and an announcer's bench in between you, then then we're having a different conversation. Yeah, I, I used to think. Why don't they put college basketball guys doing some some mechanics here? I might have broken his microphone when I said look. Could have been some sabotaging going on. Um, there we go. I I used to think why don't they do college basketball the same way as as college football, other side and on the opposite corner, you know? Well, I, they do that in. Uh, no, they don't no, do they that don't in do, NBA games. They don't do it for anything. Huh. So anyway. Just just a random thought. I don't think they'll actually ever come to blows unless it's somebody old school Cal Perry situation with the dude from Temple. I can't believe my mind is going blank. Where, John Chaney. John Chaney. That was it. Where it's got to be at a press conference. It's got to be completely off the, the mark. But I'll tell you this, man. I can't or, tell or you. Or like going into the locker room or something like that. Sometimes. I mean, it's, it, I think they do a pretty good job. But that depends on the stadium. They and keep they do a good job of keeping most of these. They try to keep the team separated. I definitely think the coaches are going to stay separated. I don't know. <laughs> this is the difference between the NFL and college in the sense that we try to say every game matters. Where A, that's bull. Every game doesn't matter. Um, this LSU-Alabama game is, is not going to matter. The LSU-Georgia game did not matter at all. Um, so it, it's one of those things where there's this fictional thing that we tell everybody that every game's so important. Well, I think, I And think because they're so important, like Losses coaches, obviously matter more than, than wins do, right? Like for Georgia – yeah, that LSU game was really important because now there is no leeway. Like, you, oh, you can't okay. lose another now, game. You can't lose another one. 
You can't lose it. Right. But that means this game didn't matter. The game that they lose next. Well, but the only reason that it doesn't matter is because all these other teams have lost, right? So, like, when you lose, it's no longer in your hands. Like, you have to bank on other teams losing. Okay. I just don't. I, but I, I see I where you're coming from. Michigan lost early in the season, and and now they have a chance to play their way in. We think Ohio State, if they went out, they might get in. Like all of the, we try to tell everybody, every game matters, but it really doesn't. It's just a bullshit thing that we say. Okay, yeah. and because we've promoted this culture that every game matters, these coaches feel that. Yeah, and they coach like it, and they get they're humans. They're not machines. They're not robots, and and. They get fired up. Yeah, they certainly do. Yeah, and Tom Herman definitely did. Yeah, definitely did. Um, so can so Texas uh, drops back to what fifteen in the AP poll. They fall pretty far, and they uh, should. And they and I'm assuming they, have that a they loss will drop to two, three, and four loss teams. Yeah, yeah, they do. You you you, you can't beat Oklahoma and pound your chest and then lose to to Oklahoma two teams State and Maryland that have seven combined losses. Yeah, Kentucky fifteen, Missouri fourteen. Look, we got to give props to this. This dude is a dude. Terry Wilson, 22 out of 31, 267 yards passing. Uh, he had one touchdown, one interception, and that one touchdown, it was the game-winning TD with no time left. Uh, look, Kentucky, like they had a punt return with five minutes left in the game, and that brought them back because it was 14-3 to forever. This was such a boring game. This defense – has anybody all year held Missouri to this few points? Yeah, Alabama. That was ten, right? That was ten. That was 10. But that's it. That's I mean, that is it. That's it. And it's, this team the thing scores that I thirty about. and forty on everybody. Yeah, it's it's what I talked about in the gambling picks when I took Kentucky plus seven. Is Kentucky's defense is really they, really they, good? They really are. we said old school SEC football, and we think when LSU and Mississippi State and Auburn have these games. Like, that's what you're talking about. We don't expect it from Kentucky and Missouri. No, you, you need to start expecting it from Kentucky. Because Kentucky is playing. Like they did Stoops, it to Florida. They did it to oh, State. Yeah. Mark They've Stoops is doing the Missouri. smart thing here. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky lets you beat yourself. Correct. Right? Because Missouri had a chance to win this game. 141 left in the game. Missouri third and two on their own side of the field. And Derek Dooley calls a pass. Like, Kentucky had one timeout left. You run the football, you got a better chance yeah. of converting on third and two with a run anyway. Um, but they, make they them, throw a pass. You force them to burn the timeout. Right. They throw a pass, and it's incomplete. The clock stops. They got to give Kentucky the ball back. Terry Wilson, on the first play of the next drive, Boom. takes a sack, and they have to call their timeout there. If they don't call the timeout there, I mean, that's, you're, that's, that's 30 something seconds off the clock. Yeah. And they don't have that if it's less than a minute thirty left in the game. Correct. Like, so so Missouri kind of beat themselves in this spot. Like, oh, it, yeah. you you give up a punt return for a touchdown, and then you you call a pass play on third and two with a minute forty left. Like, give me a break, man. Barry Odom, Derek Dooley, not smart, buddy. Uh, Houston fifty seven, South Florida thirty six. I'm only bringing this up because we we talked about it being a big game, and it did turn out to be a big game for Houston. Um. I lost a lot on this game, by the way. Boy, Houston is – I oh, mean, they are putting up some points. Boy, uh, total yardage. Houston had 682 total yards. South Florida, 467. We had 1,149 yards. Who got a mighty – Derek King, 
This dude is legit. I, I gave Terry Wilson props. Let me give De'Aaron King some props. 28 out of 41, 419 yards passing, five touchdowns, two picks. He also ran it 12 times for 132 yards and two touchdowns. That man accounted for 551 yards of total offense and seven touchdowns. That's a lot. That is a lot. That's a lot. Look, this guy under – Kendall Bryles has the ability to make – if anybody wants to, like, deal with all of the other crap that comes with the Bryles name, but you, you will get a blame, good coach. We do a pretty good job in our country, in our world, of not blaming a son for the father's sins. Like, that's just it. Agreed. But, okay. but Kendall was on the staff at he, Baylor he when that was going on. He was on the staff, on. but he was really young. Hell, he's yeah. still really young. Yeah, he so, had – he didn't. It wasn't his. Thing, I don't. I don't right? know that that guy was like twenty one. But I'm saying when all that stuff was that in our culture, sometimes just the name itself brings bad PR. I'm gonna tell you this. I take it. There's a OC. reason that that there there better be nine major power conference, power five conference teams with him on the list of offensive coordinator next year. Uh, yes, hundred percent. Yeah. If if 100%. not if not more. Well, I mean, he there's a reason he got fired at Baylor Correct. and then. Went to Florida Atlantic, took them to a Conference USA title with, like, the most efficient offense in the country last year. Goes to Houston, the most efficient offense in the country this year. Like, it doesn't even take an entire offseason for him to implement his plan. It's crazy. Uh, So, Houston, like, it looks like they may wrap up the uh, the AAC West pretty soon. Uh, That's probably going to be a loss for, for our hometown Memphis Tigers, I would imagine, even though the game is at the Liberty Bowl. Um because that, that, they may put up well, 100 see, they, in that we, Hang on now. Like, Memphis plays really well at home. Yeah. They play really well at home. They, they score, still might put up 100. They up. score with the best of them. And so I'd, I'll be curious what the over-under is on that because Houston will give up some points. So I'd, I'd imagine the over-under is probably going to open at like 84, 85. <laughs> I'm dead serious. We'll, we'll have to wait. That's in late November. We'll get to that. Uh, Mississippi State 28, Texas A&M 13. What the hell was that? I Nick Fitzgerald. I don't know. Uh, Nick Fitzgerald, 88 rushing yards, two touchdowns, 14 out of 22 passing for 241 yards and two touchdowns. He had 59 yards passing against LSU. I know. I just I don't understand it. State defense held well, A&M. I, mean, I do. I, okay. LSU, A&M, probably not playing the same game defensively. Agree. We, we get that. But this is not about the defense. This is about a guy that couldn't throw on anybody. No. And now all of a sudden he's figured out how to throw the football. It's – is it's this weird. an anomaly, or is this what we're going to see from him next week? I, Can I, he do it two weeks in a row? No. See, I would bet against it, too. And no. I'm not just trying to take shots at a guy. Just I've never seen him do it. They Don't they have a bye week this week? Oh, maybe. Then, no. I think they have a bye, and then they play Alabama. Oh, well, yeah, he's definitely probably not going to get it two weeks in a row. So, But, it, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. You never know. Alabama's defense is definitely giving up some uh, some big plays this year. Northwestern 31, Wisconsin 17. I cannot – I could not believe this game. I could not – I watched a lot, a lot of this game. The line dropped significantly once it was announced that Alex Hornibrook was not going to play. Uh, but they didn't lose – Wisconsin didn't lose this game because of Hornibrook. No. Wisconsin lost this game because they did things they have never done. Wisconsin runs the ball down your throat. And one thing they do – when they run the ball, or they don't they do don't fumble. They, they don't, don't turn, it over. turn the ball over ever. 
ever. They'll hand the ball off 50 times a game and won't put it on the ground. Yeah. And they fumbled it three, four times and yeah. lost all of them. Three three times. But both teams had three turnovers. Wisconsin's were way more detrimental to what they were trying yeah. to do. Uh, bad, Clayton bad. Thorson, 17 out of 30, one touchdown, three interceptions, I, I 167 yards. I from him, though. He's done this a lot. Yeah. He uh, plays with fire, man. Isaiah Bowser. 117 yards rushing on 34 carries, one touchdown. Yeah. Not a great yards per carry average, but still they they had a 100-yard rusher. He well, he towed at the rock when he needed then they needed him to. Yeah. Yeah, he uh he certainly did. Northwestern is your uh your Big 10 West leader, leader. with Washington, Purdue fell. Wisconsin and Purdue, yeah, with Wisconsin yeah, Iowa, and Purdue falling. Iowa, Iowa, Wisconsin and Purdue all dropped and Northwestern just keeps on rolling. It, this has got to be the most frustrating thing for Northwestern fans. We're looking at you, Westlot Pirates. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald goes out, lays a dud against Nebraska, lays a dud against well, Rutgers. Got, at least they got, got, the, they win, got the win. But, but the, then you the come out against uh, – Who was the loss to? The Akron. Akron, that was it. Which wasn't a conference loss. Yeah, but I'm just saying like that – National schedule wise, that kills you. Yeah, it does. Like, you you be, come out, you score seven points against Duke early in the year yeah, at home. Yeah, like, like those are those yeah. are two games that if they could get any games back, they would they would want both. They're non conference At least uh, Akron. Yeah, at least Akron. Yeah, Arizona forty four, Oregon fifteen. You stay up late and watch this one. No, I I stayed up. I watched it for well, a little while. I was up late, but Dude. I was up. I was up late World watching Series. the worst of Red yeah. Sox. Um, I watched zero dark football. Oregon had three turnovers. They only had 3.8 yards per play. It's 270 yards of total offense. J.J. Taylor for Arizona, 30 runs, 212 yards, two touchdowns. Khalil Tate, 19 out of 35 passing, 189 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. This game was in Arizona, right? Yeah. It, Oregon just finally ran completely out of That's gas. That's three road games in a row. They went to – No, no, no. It was two road games in a row. Well, then they play Cal between – uh, no, Cal was early on. It was it. Cal was before, uh, before. Oh God, who did they play at home? Sure. Washington. Yeah, Cal okay. was Cal was before Washington. For some reason, they had I that they big had emotional three. win at Washington. Then they go and they lose at Washington State, mm-hmm. uh, and then they lose this game. Then they lose right. at Arizona. For it looks like Kevin Sumlin is kind of getting things rolling a little bit. Maybe I, I don't. I'm I'm not going to pretend to know what's going on there. As bad as they've looked all year, it's it's impossible to predict anything that they're doing. You are correct about that. We got to roll through these uh, the last few. Uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of scores, but Boston College twenty seven, Miami Boom. fourteen. AJ Dillon with one hundred forty nine yards rushing uh, and one touchdown. Miami just not good at quarterback right now. It doesn't matter who they've got out there. Malik, uh, what, what do they call him? Rozier. Rozier. But I think Rozier is what everybody called him, and now he's Rozier. Oh, so I didn't know that it, we'll, fig- we'll figure that out. Um, I think after Tarod came out and changed his, then all, Razier came all, out. All so. I know is is I cashed some money on that one. Yeah, oh, I, and, I did, and so did I. Did, I. I did so did really I. well. Uh, BC is is BC the only chance to upset Clemson? You think? I mean, yeah, I don't think anybody else on their schedule is going to beat them, and I don't think BC is going to beat them. But I'd I'd love to see. But the game try. is the game is at Boston College, correct? So BC travels to Virginia Tech this week. And then they host Clemson. So, a bunch of big games in a row for them. Michigan State 23, Purdue 13. Rocky Lombardi. Now, you talk about a football name. That is a football name right there. It's his first start for Michigan State. 
26 out of 46, 318 yards, two touchdowns. Obviously, Mark D'Antonio was not worried about uh, a new quarterback coming in and no. throwing the football. He threw it 46 freaking times. Yep. Purdue only had 62 rushing yards. David Blau threw three interceptions, had no touchdowns. Purdue, this was uh, a hangover game, but this is also what Michigan State does. Like This is just what they do. Uh, let's talk about just a few of these. Clemson 59, Florida State 10. That Nothing to talk about there. Arizona State 38, USC 35. First loss in 20 games at the Coliseum for Clay Helton. And Herm Edwards is the one that beat him. <laughs> My boy, the fighting Herms, baby. Believe that. Herm Edwards is now 4-4. Four and four. Cal 12, Washington 10. I don't know any – I can't. I can't try to figure out the Pac-12. Remember when we did our Pac-12 preview? Yeah. And and I went into it saying, I have no idea about any of these teams. I don't think anybody else did either. We're nine weeks into the season. I still have, other than I think Wazoo is the best team in the country and Mike Leach should be king of the world. <laughs> like, like I don't know anything about any of these teams. No, and, and, and up until this Saturday, it, I have watched a lot of Pac-12 football. Yeah, it, it, even watching it, you still can't figure any I, of this stuff out. I got out. No, no idea. Sense. And if you think you know it, you're put your hand down, you're lying. Yeah. You're, you're just lying. Absolutely you lying. You don't know. Syracuse 51, NC State 41. Uh, boy, NC State been giving up points. Uh, Syracuse is a good team, man. Syracuse, Syracuse is a good, good team. team. At home, Syracuse is a real good team. Dino Babers. I know. Dino Babers, baby. He's going to a bowl game this year. Uh, South and this will be his first bowl game at Syracuse. Good stuff. It, South, won't be, it won't be his last. South Carolina twenty-seven, Tennessee twenty-four. The referees absolutely screwed up on a goal line fumble, and it it was an eight point swing in this game. South Carolina lucky to get out of there at home with a win. Uh, Kansas twenty-seven, TCU twenty-six. Holy God, they warned us about TCU earlier this year. They said the over under was seven and a half wins. We both thought they were crazy. Ooh, this is bad. Vegas knew something I didn't know. Uh, well, Vegas might have given them a little more than what they are. I mean, let, let me ask you this. Well, with Sean Robinson going out with the with the uh, hurt shoulder, like he's out for the is, year. I, I, so at some point in time, even even guys I love got to take it. At, at what point is this on Gary? At what point is this on Patterson? Yeah. I think I think he's one of the best coaches in the country. Like, without question, in the top ten, could easily be in the top five of coaches in all of college football. But at some point in time, you got to wear this record, man. Uh, there is there is no reason why they should have close games with Kansas no. on a regular basis. No, like, this team is immensely But it's not just the Kansas game. I mean, it's been a lot. No, it'd be, yeah, but this is and like multiple it, games with Kansas. And it's mistakes. Yeah. It is fumbling the football. At some point in time – Football security is your responsibility as the coach to make sure they don't do that anymore. I like agree. I don't I don't know how to make you do it. That's why I'm not a coach. But but that's your job. You yeah. got to figure that out. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. I don't I don't know the answer to this. I really like him a lot. I can't think that he just woke up and all of a sudden now he's not good at coaching. I mean, if if Virginia Tech kind of falls apart and they want to get rid of Fuente. Like I could see him leaving Virginia Tech before. Like if if Patterson just decided, you know what, it ain't working at TCU anymore. I'm gonna I'm gonna go take one of these else. other jobs. I could see Fuente going back to TCU. Well, there's not as much pressure. Exactly. I mean, obviously I there's would, no pressure. And I would there. tell you this: I would rather coach in Texas. I would rather recruit in Texas. I mean, 
I mean, I, it's been Dallas Forest Word. I, mean, I, I come think on. I think recruiting base is I think perfect. there's a reason Kendall, not just because Houston's a bigger and better job than FIU, but FAU, it, FAU. Sorry, yeah. I'm, I'm going to do that all the time. By the way, it happens. Um, I I think he he's comfortable in Texas. He knows the kind of talent that's there, and he knows how to go get it. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. I agree. Um, we'll close up on this another Big Twelve game. Iowa State forty, Texas Tech thirty one. This was a good ball game. Really good game. This was a really good ball game. Uh, Matt this, Campbell. This line whew, jumped, jumped a ton. It they went got lucky from to minus cover. four to minus seven in a day. Yeah, yeah. In, it was, in, it in was a crazy. day. All right, that is our college football week nine recap. <laughs> Winning cures everything. Top ten after week number nine in college football. Brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. They got six wonderful sports books down there. They got the Horseshoe, the Gold Strike, Samstown, Hollywood, First Jackpot, and the Fitz Casino. You can find all of the information over at tunicatravel.com. You can watch and wager on any ball game down there. So go check that thing out. You can get our picks, our previews, our top ten, all of our stuff over at winningcureseverything.com. Hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on the podcast. Make sure and follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, all the wonderful things. Let's jump in. We'll start off with number 10. You want to go first? You want me to? I'll go first. Go ahead. Go ahead. Number 10, I got Oklahoma. Wow, you got them low. I, I, they, they've got they've only played a couple of good games. They've lost a, a team that's got two bad losses. I don't know. They might have the worst loss, I guess, right? Out of all the teams that I've got up here, they've got the worst loss. Eh, maybe not. Like, if you got Washington State in there, Washington State's lost to USC. Nah, but bad. that's bullshit. That's not a good loss. That's not a bad loss because it shouldn't be a loss. Okay. That's okay. Pac-12 chicanery. <laughs> all right, so Oklahoma, number 10 for you. Oklahoma, number 10 to me. I've got number 10, Washington State. See, you just you just treating them like they lost to USC. That's all. I'm also looking at it as treating them like they beat you. Do I do I think that they would lose to these other teams? Mm. And yeah, I see, I only do my top ten based off what I have seen, not what I think. Okay, and I do it, my I do my top four when we do our playoff predictions of what I think is going to happen. Okay, okay, that's how I roll. Um, I will tell you this: got to have rules. We we do have. We obviously look at our top ten completely different, which yes. I think is what like AP writers do as well. But that's why you've got such I, a wide variety. I think they should. Yeah. I think they should. And I and I also think you should stop trying to predict what's going to happen with a top ten and only judge what you have seen. Because if you just start chalking up W's, everybody in the country would have said, well, Texas is going to beat Oklahoma State. They're terrible. So, yeah, no, you're right. You're I'm right. going to put them here. Well, guess what? You were wrong. Dead, dead wrong. Dead wrong. All right, so, yeah, I mean, I've got Washington State here. Uh, the wins that they that they have now, eh, I mean, not not great wins, but, like, still big for them. Uh, Oregon went and got hammered by Arizona, so that win isn't as – The rest of the Pac-12 is crazy. It's yeah. chaotic. My thing is this. As chaotic as the Pac-12 is, they are finding themselves above the chaos. Yes, and, they are. And I think that's important. If the Pac-12 was just bad – then I would say I'd be having a different conversation. But I think there is so much chaos there. The fact that they are finding themselves above all that chaos right now 
That's a big deal. It also helps that Washington State is eight and zero against the spread this year. Oh yeah, they're they're winning, seven and they're one winning handily. Yeah, seven and one straight up, eight and zero against the spread. Who got number nine? My number nine is Kentucky. I think Kentucky is a really good football team that we have not been given the credit they need to go this far in the SEC and and to have one loss and it's not even a bad loss. I I think I'm giving them to them, man. They they they've earned this. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I also have Kentucky at nine. Okay. Um, and now that I'm looking at this, I think I actually flipped to where I had Washington State nine. Either way, Washington State and Kentucky right there, even with each other. To me, Gee. um, I think that this would be a really fun matchup. Like one is in, an insanely defensive team runs the football, you know, lim- limits possessions. The other is we're going to throw it all over the yard, and we still got a good enough defense to beat you. Right, so I think that'd be a lot of fun. I think Kentucky is a really good football team this week. SEC East Championship game. I mean, it's big against Georgia. So we we're gonna have a lot of fun previewing that game this week. But for now, Kentucky number nine. My number eight team. I dropped a team down that didn't even play, and I normally hate doing that. But I'm I'm dropping UCF. Most people don't give them any credit. They don't give me any respect. They don't even think they should be in the top ten. I think that's just complete poppycock, complete bull. And I think they're a good team. But two teams jumped them this week because of the play that they had on the field, and I can't disrespect it. I can understand that. I still like Central Florida a lot. UCF, I dropped out of my top ten. I know. I've got Ohio State at number eight. I think that the Purdue game was an outlier. I think that was not who that team is. And they do this every year, right? Ohio State last year gets hammered at Iowa, and then they come back and they beat Michigan, they win the Big Ten, all this kind of stuff, right? They hammer USC in the bowl game. Like, they do this kind of thing every year. I don't think they're as good as they were last year, but I do think that Ohio State is still a top-ten team. I would just disagree there. That's That's okay. They they've looked you can bad. Be wrong. They've looked bad against a lot of people. You just <laughs> yeah, no, you're you right. dis, you discredit other teams that look bad but still get wins sometimes. I, I I don't know why we keep giving Ohio State credit for it. And and we can't just assume their schedule, but I just don't like that team. My next team, my number seven team is Georgia. I think they proved it in the cocktail party. They got one loss to a really good LSU team and uh and, and that was on the road. Uh, and they're still really good football team i think i think there's no reason to assume that they couldn't play their way back into this thing oh I, I, i'm with you i'm with you on that uh number seven i've got oklahoma uh they dismantled kansas state the way that you should not the way that oklahoma state played <laughs> which you can't compare oklahoma state and oklahoma this season but gracious oklahoma like that offense is something else if if you lose, it, like, if you don't have control of the game at any point, it can get really ugly well, yeah. on you. And this offense is something else. The defense is playing way better since they fired uh, uh, Stoops, Mike Stoops. Lincoln Riley, like, yeah, this is a guy that should be coaching on Sundays. He should no, be coaching he, in the NFL. There's a really good chance that he's going to. Yeah. Um, if he wants to, I should say. Yeah, he'll have the offer. My my problem with Oklahoma is they have looked just as bad as they have looked good. Yeah. And they have not won those games. And 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 then they've they've won games 
They should like no one in the country is going to say you play Army to a stalemate and then you pull out an all upset, you know, a late last minute win against them and think that's a good thing for your team. It's yeah. just not. So just because you dismantled a bad Kansas State, I mean a I, really oh, bad, historically bad Kansas State, I give you nothing. My number six team, Mike Leach, and Wazoo. I think they're the number six team in the country, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think they're really good. I think they could beat anybody they line up against. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think their defense is exceptionally well. It, yeah, and it, I think the defense is really. I think good. their offense just as good. Yeah, no that that offense. Is they might else. be the most complete team in the country, offense and defense wise. I don't know okay. that they grade that way through all the stats, but I'm going to tell you, watching them offensively, I think they could score on any position they want. They're a, they're and, a top 25 defense. And watching them defensively, I think they can stop anybody they want. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. Like, so, I don't think they can stop anybody. It, well, okay, maybe Like, not, Stanford but, put up 38 points on them. Well, yeah. But, obviously, like, it was very impressive for them you to get go get what a win. At, yes, absolutely. When, when they need to make a stop, they can make a stop. They, they might not stop. dominate a game, but they can make a stop to win a game. Yeah, they, they got the horses in the trenches now. They Like, they've done a good job. They've developed some good players. I really like them. Number six, I've got Georgia. That win over Florida was impressive. I, I feel like the LSU loss was kind of the outlier. Kind of like I was talking about with Ohio State, like sometimes there's just that one game that that gets you, right? Okay. Georgia, I feel like they had one game that just they they got them. And no, I don't think Georgia is as good as they were last year. No, I don't even. But but they show that they definitely they're not close. Definitely not. Um, and I don't think they are quite the rushing team that they were last year. Like their offensive line isn't as good. They don't have the same kind of running backs. Like I, Holyfield and and Swift are good. They're not Michelle and Chubb. No. And and that'll take a long time to develop. But Georgia, right now, like I, I think this I think this is a top six team. Um, who you got number five? Number five, I got Michigan. I know I had LSU here last week and LSU didn't play. I don't know why I would have jumped them other than the fact that I just I flipped them. So Do I, we have the, we got the same Are we going up from there? Yeah, we're going to, I, I got Michigan at number five. Uh I got LSU at four. Four. You got the same thing? Three. I've got Notre Dame three. So you dropped Notre Dame when they didn't play anybody. When they played Navy. And and what were they supposed to do to Navy? I beat them. Exa- that was almost on the exact line. Okay, so they did exactly what they were supposed to do. And they, I think that Clemson fell. has looked much better than them the last three you, weeks. You give more into recency bias than anybody I've ever met in my life. Uh, the whole first part of the year just doesn't even matter. No, and, it matters. And Clemson has had two good games. Now, they're back-to-back. Two good games. With against three. Against two. Bad teams we're finding out. NC State, not as good as we thought they were. And Florida State, never as good as anybody thought they were. They're garbage. And so they beat the hell out of two bad teams, and all of a sudden they're jumping up over a Notre Dame team whose schedule's twice as difficult as Clemson's ever going to be. Way bigger wins than Clemson's ever going to have. Yeah. That's (laughs) that's just total recency (laughs) bias. You watched something yesterday, and it drew a spark in your eye. Okay. Now, I did watch Notre Dame last night. And I did watch Clemson yesterday. And so, I feel like Clemson's the better football team. Neither team has a loss. Okay. You know, I mean, we'll okay. see. I've got Notre Dame, too. I've got Bama 1. That's, I got Bama 1. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they didn't play. Uh, I don't know. Up. Clemson looks pretty good. And Alabama didn't look good Saturday. We might put them on. I don't know. Entirely possible. They might put them on. Totally reasonable right it now. It would not be reasonable. It would be the <laughs> dumbest thing you could ever imagine. 
that's going to be our Winnie Cures Everything Top 10 for college football week number nine. <sighs> Go watch our playoff prediction video. <laughs> the Winning Cures Everything College Football Playoff Predictions after week number nine. Now, Chris doesn't do number five and six, the people that are being left out. Because it doesn't matter. My five and six this week are Oklahoma and UCF. I think those two are being left out. I think they will be very close. Because I, I feel like UCF, if they beat Houston, I think that the committee will give them a lot of credit for that. So, I would like to see that, but it doesn't matter. It if, doesn't if, matter if they don't if, get into the top If they four. are five, it's all irrelevant. It's yeah. all moot. I, I do agree with you. Uh, let's go on and jump in. Uh, do we have the same? I'm sure we probably I don't know. I have no idea what you do anymore. All right, well, at number four, I've got Michigan at number four. I've got Michigan at number four as well. I think they're going to win out. I think they're going to win the Big Ten. And with one loss, their only loss to what I have to be a Notre Dame that's undefeated team, I think there's no way you take them out. I, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. Everything you just said, I do agree with that. Bam. Uh, now, number three, I've got Notre Dame. Because they're going to win out, and you think their schedule was not as good as Clemson's. No, I think that the committee will uh, look at same team or same. Uh, I'm going blank here. They'll look at a uh, 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 same opponents or whatever, okay. like a Florida State game, whatever. And Clemson will have looked better in those games That's than so Notre stupid. Dame. That's just a stupid way of doing it. That'd be, that would literally they, be the dumbest way to do it. They do that. But that's the and, dumbest way to do it. And I also think that Clemson will have that 13th data point that everybody makes such a big deal so about. So they'll beat another bad ACC team because the ACC is really at bad. The, at the end of the day, who do you have? You've got Notre I've Dame. I've got Clemson three, I've got Notre Dame two, and I've got Alabama so, one. So what does the two, three matter at that point? I just who don't gets understand to wear their why. colored jerseys? I just don't understand why you drop Notre Dame when they didn't do anything to deserve to be dropped when it is absolutely factual that their strength of schedule is going to be light years better than Clemson's strength of schedule. Even with Clemson playing a 13th game, it will be light years better than Clemson's strength of schedule. I you don't can know say that it you, will. You can say USC is not a good team. USC, USC is garbage. Better, USC is better than half of the ACC. No if, question. If they finish six, you can six, say that Stanford's really? not. You can say Stanford's not great. Stanford is better than eighty percent of the ACC. No question about that. Northwestern, Northwestern, same thing. Like, like I don't know how you can possibly get in Michigan better than all of them. Probably better than Clemson. And they've got to win over them. They got to win over another playoff team, and you just you just drop them because you saw Northwestern beat a team that used to be good, that now, used to this, be famous for being good by fifty something points, and all of a sudden this is not that's my all top ten. I see. This is not. This is a prediction based I know. on what the committee will do, and this is what I think the committee, the committee the, will do. I know they won't because Notre Dame is the biggest name in college football. When Notre Dame is good nationwide they yes. are bigger than Alabama. There's a reason why they were the CBS night game like national game of the week playing at Navy, yes. right? Like right. I understand that. But so I also think that the playoff that, committee wants Notre Dame to be in a conference. No, I don't think the playoff committee cares. I think that it makes I think there's probably enough people that are Notre Dame fans that grew up Catholic and love this shit to say nope, whatever they do is gold. 
You might be right. They're a bunch of we'll old see. people, Gary. You the the playoff committee is not made up of millennials that think things out. They see things the way they were when they were kids, because you can't help but do that. And Notre Dame would well, be Notre Dame would. Pro- I mean, there's a really good chance that if Alabama if Alabama beats LSU by a field goal, and then somehow beats Auburn by a field goal, and then beats Georgia in the SEC title game by a field goal, there are people in that room that are going to say. Notre Dame got to be number one. Notre Dame, the Golden <laughs> Domers. That's because that's all they know and that's all they remember. That's what they think of college football when they think of the heydays of college football because they're 60 years old, and that's and that's not a knock on 60-year-olds. It's just they, they see football far more than what you and I have seen football. You might be entirely right. And you also fall into recency bias more than anybody when, I, I know. I, that committee is not doing that. This is that not, committee doesn't care that they beat NC State and Florida This State. won't be based on recency bias. This is based on that 13th data point. Wow. I think they will give Clemson, If you were in the room, what would you do? You'd still put Clemson there because you're I think I might fool. put Clemson there. Because you're a damn fool. That's our, that's our recap. That's our, <laughs> that's, our, that's our top four. Alabama number one. So Alabama, Michigan, and then Clemson against Notre Dame. Yeah. And, and it doesn't and matter who wins that game. It doesn't matter who wins that game. Doesn't make one person right or one person wrong. Stats, factual information makes one of us right and one of us wrong. And we'll we'll get to that point eventually. No, we're getting close no, to the end of the not. season. We're there now. We're right there right now. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. I know. I hear that a lot. That's by the way. It's because I don't like fighting with you. I do end up being wrong several I, times, I just, but don't act I, like you ain't ever been wrong. Oh, I'm, I'm always wrong. But when I'm when I'm when I'm willing, when all right, when I'm making a prediction, let's let we got like four or five minutes to kill on this. When I'm when I'm making a prediction about the future, it's easy to be wrong because because nobody knows what's really going to happen. When I have seen what I have seen and I know what's happening, the, I'm not I'm dying on that hill. I'm just dying on that hill. There's not a single win in Clemson's schedule that would be bigger than Michigan's win. Not one. Then the Notre Dame's win over Michigan. The Notre Dame's win over Michigan. Not there won't be. No, they right. just won't, they can't do it. No, it's it's impossible. There's not a win on Clemson's schedule that'll be bigger than Stanford's win that Notre Dame had over them. I mean, there might be on that. There might not be if Northwestern is the Big Ten. Whatever over Michigan, they got it for Northwestern too. Yeah. So so what are we talking about? Clemson's a really good football team. Their schedule is garbage. And that's not their fault. This is not a hatred on Clemson. I can't help that the ACC sucks. But if they both go undefeated, the team that actually played really good teams has to be ranked higher than the team that played nobody. I thought A&M was good. They just got shellacked by Mississippi State. It's got like four losses. I think if Clemson looked as bad now as they did early in the season, then they looked yeah. good against bad teams, though, man. They I haven't played anybody that. They, to look good against. They beat they beat A&M by two points on the road. They beat Florida State. They by beat 50, Syracuse. But everybody has beaten Florida State by fifty. Like, a Not lot everybody. of people like, have beaten Florida State by Virginia 50. Virginia Tech absolutely smoked them out, yeah. And Vitek's not real good. But uh, but Vitek only beat them like 24-3. So that matters. So, so, like that's so Clemson the beat them by 35 more points or whatever. But that, so. at some point in time, you got to realize the game is over and one team's continuing to play yeah. and the other team's just trying to get guys not hurt. 
Agreed. Like, so you can't penalize those teams for that. Oh, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. You beat somebody by 20. You beat somebody by 25. You handily win the game. The difference between 20 and 100 is nothing. No, you're – okay. You're right. You're right. We agree, but I don't want to hear all right. You, we agree, though, right? No, we, okay. Yes, I do agree with okay. that. I do agree. As long as you – yeah, you like agree. Like the difference between winning by 28 and winning by 49 is, is really just like betters, who, right? Yeah, who, tri- who tried? Yeah. Who tried to? Because if you the 29 team wanted to beat them by 50, they probably could have. They just chose, hey, I'm going to get these other guys some reps. I'm very curious to see what Clemson does against Boston College. That's what I want to see. And I want I, to see what Notre Dame does against Syracuse and Northwestern. I don't know that, that, that schedule – now, I don't know that Notre Dame can run win out because I think I think Syracuse is really good. I think Northwestern's really good. I, like think, I, I think Notre Dame's I, better than they are, though. I, don't, so. I don't think they're better than both of them. They'll be favored to win. But anyway. Yeah, it is what it is. Well, our playoff prediction got heated this week. And well, it just came right. after a ridiculous top ten. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. I understand that. That is our Winning Cures Everything Playoff Predictions after college football's week nine. We'll be back later this week with picks, previews, and a whole lot more. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter, at winningcures. You can follow myself, at GaryWCE. You follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show, that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551-226-9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team, or praise us, or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551 551- Two two six nine eight nine nine, and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time, have a good one, guys. Hey, don't forget subscribe to the Winning Cures Everything podcast on iTunes, and make sure you leave a review. For every twenty-five written five-star reviews we get on iTunes, we are donating to St. Jude's Children's Hospital and LeBonner's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. So subscribe and review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all your favorite podcast apps. Remember, the Winning Cures Everything podcast.